Hey gang, big news in the world of We Hate Movies live appearances in this one. Well, you better get your holiday coat on because it's not happening until December. We're so excited. It's actually a hometown show for this Jersey boy. Only you. Jersey City's beautiful White Eagle Hall will be hosting the We Hate Movies podcast. And we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie, Eric Siska. What is that oh movie? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it is the Santa Claus, the original film. Not Out of way. Is it original? Yeah, it's original. The first one. Tim Allen <laughs> yes. finds a fat so falls off his roof. Yep. yep, we're gonna be talking all about it on December seventh, which is a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> White Eagle Hall. I mean, it, it incidentally lives in infamy. We, right. We're just we're to yeah. the side of it. We're adding to the infamy. Yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's more infamy because this will be uh, our debut in Jersey City, and this is what it's come down to, folks. Steve Sadak. Refusing to get on planes, mm-hmm. refusing right. to get a driver's license to help right. out with rental cars. I refuse to get on a train for this show. I'm fucking right. walking. Oh I gotta walk to the venue. So I guess this is the new normal, gang. Only wherever Steve's <laughs> legs can carry him. But it's an awesome venue, and it's really close to the train. If you're like you're in the, in the city, or if you want to drive in from Pennsylvania, wherever. Mm-hmm. Right, the path train's not too far. Right, path train's a, a stone's throw away. A here. Stone's throw, folks. Come on out to the White Eagle Hall. That's right. Tickets are on sale now, so get them in advance. Get them fast. This is going to be a popular show. December seventh, White Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey. Tickets available right now at whmpodcast.com. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all Man, I got a bad sunburn. Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh, let me see it. Wasn't because I went to the beach, though. It's because I was sitting on a bus stuck in traffic. Because <laughs> it's New York in the summertime, oh, man. Wrapped yeah. up in garbage bags. I wish I was dead. <laughs> That's the theme of yep. every New York summer is New York in the summer, colon, I wish I was dead. I, you know what's funny? I keep, because I think it just came on, I think it's Netflix, Insomnia, and I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, the and I'm Chris like, Nolan one, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch that because I know I'm going to want to wish that I lived in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, <laughs> but there is perpetual sunlight, yeah. which is what it feels like in New York City. Where, That's absolutely correct. Yeah, it contains the heat. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, even at night, you can't escape. Dude, it's it. the concrete jungle, man, and we're just absorbing that heat mm-hmm. all. Ding dong day. Now, so, we're going to take you yeah. to California, which is a drier heat, I hear. Right. And, Santa, but it's also, Santa Mira, California. That's right. But uh, it's got Irish warlocks, right? <laughs> is that what this is? Yeah. Evil warlock toy makers in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I think this is the last time we'll talk about this movie because we did this episode. Correct. Right. We did a live commentary, uh, which was well received at the Jacob Burns Film Center. Correct. And now we're, I think we talked about it in that AV Club piece as well. We did, yes. And now we're talking about it here. I think we got to put it to bed, everybody. Yeah, I don't want this episode to start running on fumes. I will say one thing. There is a little bit of a weird audio thing going on, whatever. Yeah, had some had some faulty XLR cables we did. 
That's what uh, happened back in the day. Before we started making millions of dollars doing this Big pod. fucking Ooh. sick fat ass stacks, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that I, yeah, we're making so much money that I can bust my ass commuting in the dead of summer. <laughs> the dog days of summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We're doing fine. If, if I had to make a, a top ten list of, not not necessarily WHM episodes, but of movies that I'd like to see yeah. that we've watched and done on this show, this might be number one or number two. Because I really, really dig this movie. Halloween yes. Three Seasons of the Witch. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I have the yeah. entire uh, Halloween series on Blu-ray in a box set. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you get to three and then throw the rest in the garbage? <laughs> you know, I did a, a franchise rewatch last year, and... Some of those sequels are better than I remembered. Oh, really? Not the Paul Rudd one. Stay tuned. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we had a lot of fun on this one. This was actually during the first uh, ever listener request month we ever did. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's a little bit of WHM history for you. So please enjoy Halloween 3 colon Season of the Witch. So welcome to another week of our all request month here on We Hate Movies. This week we're taking an episode from Brendan Conroy. Uh, he's from Amherst, Massachusetts, and he had this to say. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Brendan Conroy. I'm calling from Amherst, Massachusetts, with a lovely, lovely recommendation for you, gentlemen, that has absolutely nothing to do with the month of January. Um, it's a little something called Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, and it has about as much to do with January as it does to do with the previous two Halloween movies. It features uh, probably the most unappealing sex scene slash romantic interest you could ever, ever see this side of a Joe Don Baker movie. I think you really owe it to yourselves and your immortal souls to check out the absolute unspeakable horror that is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Thanks so much, guys. Hope you check it out. So, Brendan, fine. We will talk about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Just hold us up to the fire, Brendan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those ones that, I mean, I didn't have it, we didn't have it planned for this year at all, but it's always kind of been in the back of our heads as, like, eventually we're doing that Halloween 3. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, oh, well, someone suggested it, so eh, what the hell? <laughs> you yeah. see, this was always the Halloween that I kind of, you know, just kind of shoved in the closet. Because I, I heard beforehand that Mike Myers just wasn't in. And I was like, oh, well, fuck that noise. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's a... I had heard something about a menacing factory. And that is it. <laughs> yeah, and is, that's a, that's exactly what this is about. Yeah, this is the exercise equipment of uh, the Halloween franchise. You know, <laughs> it's all, it sounds really cool on paper. You get it in your house. You're like, oh, it's great. And then it's just... It's a coat rack in your closet. And unfortunately, you cannot return this after 30 days if you are unsatisfied with it because it's going to stick with you for all time. Uh, so, yes, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch... Uh, like we mentioned, not having anything to do with the first two films. Not having to do anything with witches. <laughs> it's yeah. got something. The word witch is used or witchcraft is used once. Yeah, well, it's all that shit about like pagan whatevers. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, it's very misleading to, say, to so- call something season of the witch, but then have the witches turn out to be Celtic pagan businessmen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was expecting more Hocus Pocus type territory. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at that poster and I see the kid in the hat, it's a big old pointy hat and she's trick-or-treating or whatever, that's a witch, man. That's a green-faced, wart-nosed witch. <laughs> there isn't a single mention of Eye of Newt in any of this. <laughs> no, not, none, none whatsoever. No wolf's bane. <laughs> just nothing. Bullshit. No, zero cauldrons in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but w- what we do have, uh, like Steve mentioned, is a menacing Irish toy maker businessman uh, <laughs> whose great Halloween gamble is he's got all these masks that are going to kill kids. Or it's, uh, I mean, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to actually object to your snore for the first time in this entire <laughs> podcast. History, uh-huh. And only because he wants to murder all the children in the United States. That's his <laughs> that's his end game here. He's not some run of the mill slasher. You know, I'm going to carve up some beauties here and there. No, 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 no. I want every <laughs> child in America dead at midnight. And it's not even a very like we talked about this a little bit in I Come in Peace mm-hmm. as far as like what the fuck are you doing with your deaths, man? <laughs> Can't yeah. you just kill somebody? What the fuck's your problem? Cuz this whole thing it mutates their face into insects and snakes. Yeah, uh, Chris, I think you mentioned this plan was probably conceived while this dude was like on some sort of peyote trip. <laughs> oh, so then they're going to put these masks on, right? No, no, wait for it, wait for it. Then a TV signal that I'm broadcasting is going to go on. It's a commercial, and they're going to hear a magic song. And then their head's going to turn into snakes and worms and, oh, I don't know. Hey, what's that, a grasshopper? Yeah, it'll turn into grasshoppers. Well, yeah, it's, there's a bunch of snakes. It's mostly crickets. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of crickets. It's a pet, like, the, you know, the, yeah, the, the idea is the signal goes through and then, it, you know, some magic spell happens that makes the kid's head erupt in a bunch of crickets. Well, it melts the mass. Like, everything just decays on the kid. And... At one point, a rattler comes out. Yeah, a huge fucking rattlesnake. It's a big old Texas rattler. Like that's exactly what it looks I mean, like. I think that's phase two, right? Like phase one, the kids are killed. Phase two, there's a rattler in your house. It's probably <laughs> who knows who that's killed. Look out, family dog. Yeah, which as we saw in the test run of this mask. It totally just bites the dad in this family, and he just dies from a rattler bite. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's making a lot of assumptions with this killing style because the 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 wife just faints and then gets bitten by a snake, right? And then the guy just gets bitten by a rattler, and they show it. It's kind of creepy. He's just getting bit in the ankle, and he's just a big fat guy, and he's falling over like, oh, a rattler. <laughs> It's really bad, man. You don't really know much about Halloween. You thought no further than the strange custom of having your children wear masks and go out begging for candy. It was the start of the year in our old Celtic lands, and we'd be waiting in our houses of wattles and clay. The barriers would be down, you see between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in to sit by our fires of turf. Halloween. The festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Hats off. You're not becoming every other horror franchise where we're just going to run this idea into the ground. Like, we're... This is a fast departure. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Carpenter said something about how he wanted, he kind of envisioned the Halloween series as turning into a kind of like change up with every movie. Like it would be a new story about Halloween. Right, yeah. So they'd be linked in name only, much yeah. like how Ryan Murphy just announced that's what American Horror Story is going to be. The second season is going to have nothing to do with season one and the haunted house and all that shit. Oh. It's a. 
admir- yeah. it's totally an admirable approach. It's yeah. It's difficult when you have an iconic character, though. Right. That is Michael Myers. You've already done two movies with him. I mean, it's yeah. That's, that's kind of where the they screwed up. up. I feel that's yeah. the slip up. Like if you went from the first Halloween. You know, oh, he gets up at the end, and that's the end of it. And then we've got this Mick toy maker doing his thing, and it's whatever. You know, like, that's fine. But, like, you can't have a sequel. Like, don't give me that sequel, which is just Halloween in a hospital. And yeah. then I just have to transfer over to California, by the way, from Illinois. Like, complete environment change and oh, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. It's like the third season of Seinfeld was about Morty Seinfeld instead of Jerry <laughs> and all of his antics. Like, no, you can't do that on the third season. I probably would have still watched that, though. <laughs> if, it was, if it was just Barney What's-His-Face, the actor, yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of going around complaining about, like, prices of things in restaurants... <laughs> There are more than, like, five episodes where he's talking about bringing back the raincoat business in that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'd open, like, some sort of rain, raincoat boutique or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, then it would have been canceled. And what would TBS have now? Think about that. <laughs> Think about that world, everybody. It would just be 100% Family Guy and Tyler Perry programs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get into a little bit. Yes, this hapless alcoholic doctor played by a horror pseudo-icon Tom Atkins. You know him from Maniac Cop. I don't know. He's kind of been around. I just kind of refer to him as the stash. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, <laughs> like, yeah, Maniac Cop, this kind of solidified this, like, horror reputation where, like, he's always, like, he's always down to do some, like, gorehound horror movie that he could just pop in and everyone's like, oh, it's Tom Atkins. I think he was in, I want to say he was in that uh, Robert Rodriguez Death Proof, but uh, not, uh, Planet Terror, but I might. Yeah, I think you're right on Maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. Like, it's always kind of like stunt casting where, you know, he, you know, he just pops in and you're like, oh, it's Tom Atkins. Good for him. Yeah, totally. Well, uh, that was totally why he was in that new, the uh, remake of My Bloody Valentine. That was totally that. Quick side note on that. Uh, I saw that in the theaters and we're sitting there and I didn't give a shit. Whatever. It's a fucking 3D horror movie. And Tom Atkins comes on the screen. And in my head, I was like, oh, the dude from Halloween 3. That's great. And the theater burst into, like, well, a few rows, burst into thunderous applause. <laughs> like, I was sitting next to some real hardcore horror nerds. Yeah. They were almost on their feet for Tom Atkins playing a no-good sheriff in that movie. That one motherfucker absolutely had a Fangoria t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Fangoria t-shirts in that theater, if you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, he is this surgeon. Uh, the first two scenes of this movie... Don't tell you anything of what's going on. The first scene is some guy running around a parking lot being chased by a businessman right. who seems a little cold. And you're like, okay, I don't really know what's going on here. That's kind of like the start of a Michael Mann movie. Yeah. Like just a dark parking lot. And it, But that's the thing is it seems kind of good. Yeah. Like that's what was I, – I was kind of drawn into this movie because the first two scenes are very quiet, really nicely paced. Yeah. And then Tom Atkins just fucking blusters into town. But to be fair to the movie, that's like 15 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got the dude getting chased around or whatever. Then he runs to that gas station and it's just the <laughs> it's just the gas station attendant story for quite a few minutes. <laughs> I and, love this and guy. The day in, day out struggle of this poor old gas station attendant on this lonely Colorado road. <laughs> He's just it's not Colorado at all, by the way. I just no, like no. saying Colorado. <laughs> yeah. It's California. California, if you really want yeah, to go nutty with it. It's California way. Yeah, he's going <laughs> California way. 
Yeah, so he, and then he, I guess he, he's like, oh my god, they're out to kill us all. And he, what, does he faint or something? Yeah, he just kind of falls over, because he's just sort of an old man. <laughs> so yeah. I think he just gets all tuckered out and takes a nap in this parking lot. Cut to where Tom Atkins is a fucking shitheel father. Coming, ho- coming home with, like, uh, he gives his kids some, like, 99 cent store masks. Like, hey, <laughs> it's almost Halloween. And they're like... Yeah, this is garbage. We're going to use the masks mom bought for us. <laughs> I found these masks in the fucking dumpster behind CVS. Here you go, kids. <laughs> to be fair to this character, it would be the dumpster behind the liquor store. <laughs> no, Because that's where this motherfucker is hanging out. <laughs> the scene with the kids, by the way, just reminded me, uh, last uh, weekend, I totally watched that flick Warrior with uh, Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte, like that yeah. Uh, yeah. MMA movie yeah. or whatever. Surprisingly good, but... So filled with awesome, like, sad sack Nick Nolte. And the kids, like Tom Hardy and the other guy, are just calling him a fucking piece of shit. And, like, how he's just a fucking terrible father. That's these kids when they grow up. They're oh, like, oh, they're oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, remember that Halloween, Dad, when you came home with those booze-smelling masks for us to put on? And Mom's boyfriend, Uncle Ted, bought us those expensive Irish guy masks? Well, if fucking cobras start, don't start fucking slithering out of their mouths first. Yeah, that's right. He is a responsible father. The funny thing about that is I feel like every single Christmas gift, birthday present for all these kids for their entire childhood are liquor store impulse items. Whatever <laughs> yeah. is in front, right next to the register, like, oh, a teddy bear, that sounds good. Wrapped up in a crisp brown paper bag. <laughs> the Zagat Guide to Wines. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I'll be able to use this in 19 years. Wow, that's a pretty fancy corkscrew. Thanks so much. <laughs> Lotto tickets, huh? Again? <laughs> so, like, you know, and I, I guess he's either separated from his wife or they're divorced. Yeah, and, like, she's nasty to him. She's nasty because he, he wants to take them. Tr- he, he's supposed to take them trick-or-treating. She's like, you're a piece of garbage. This is never going to happen. <laughs> but she's kind of in the right because he, he, no, because he breathes on her and he's like, <sighs> That and a doctor, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of a doctor in this movie, and he's just a big old drunk. And he gets beeped because this guy from the first scene passed out, and he has to rush to the hospital for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's just the doctor on call, and maybe it's a small town situation, yeah. and we're looking at it from that angle, but his big old 1983 pager goes off. Maybe it was like a long lunch break scenario, you know oh, what I mean? Like God. He goes out to Muldoon's for a couple of rounds, <laughs> starts feeling bad about the kids, picks up some shitty Halloween masks, <laughs> and they're like, where are you? you no yeah. but that's the thing is that he he absolutely was at Muldoon's <laughs> and then like some commercial for some fucking Halloween movie comes on it's like oh fuck the kids <laughs> <laughs> fucking chugs the rest of his PBR and fucking beats it maybe it's the commercial that you see 19,000 oh, times throughout movie. this movie uh, so a little bit more of the bad guy plot here uh, the way he's going to transmit these killer waves into his killer masks that he has is through this fucking commercial where they're singing some, you know, three more days till Halloween, whatever, like kind of jingle. No, wait, here it is. It's four days of Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. It's four days of Halloween, Silver Shepherd. It's four days of Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. It's four days of Halloween, Silver Shepherd. 
That's what we're dealing with, like 19,000 times. And you're welcome for that being in your head for the next five goddamn days. <laughs> this is a hell of a marketing campaign, too, because they change it each day leading up to Halloween. It's like eight more days to Halloween, seven more days to Halloween. Yeah. It just keeps on going. By which, the way, which that is something that is so annoying in this movie. Like the first Halloween movie, we start off October 30th, 1978, the day before fucking Halloween, the titular holiday of this movie I'm watching. Great. This movie starts off October 23rd, really over a week before I get to the fucking denouement. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's really, yeah, it's it's like uh, a movie about like the presidential election where you're starting at the primary and you're like, "Come on, let's get there." Yeah, but even then you see like some like uh, like he's meet like 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 say it was some like Eyes of March where it'd be the rising, Ryan Gosling meets George Clooney for the first time. Yeah. And then they then you go fast forward to them all oh, their old pals now. <laughs> but this is just like this guy passed out. Uh... And now we get into the plot. I mean, there is a day that goes by where all that happens is Tom Atkins goes to the coroner's office. <laughs> and it's like, it's like October 26th. And he's like, you have anything for me? And she's like, nope. And he's like, all right, see you tomorrow. And now and it's totally, Wednesday. Yeah, and it totally cuts. <laughs> it totally cuts. And they're just using like the shining white text business, you know? Yeah, I, I think, th- was that in both ha- Halloween movies up to that point? Where well, it's in the first one because they say what Halloween, you know, it's yeah. October yeah. 30th. And then it goes in. To, yeah. It does the same thing in this movie where it hits the 31st and it says Halloween. The second one doesn't have that because it just takes up, it takes up where the first one left off. Okay, so, so it's still you know where Halloween. you are. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just getting to mourn in that <laughs> yeah, movie. You, yeah. see, you see it seven times. <laughs> yeah. it, literally every single day that goes by. It's a it's just fucking it's like an advent calendar. It really is. It's a <laughs> shitty movie advent calendar <laughs> tracking our progress through this whole movie. So, yeah, he he gets there and like. He's just like, oh, this guy's passed out. And the guy is like, you know, a raving lunatic because he knows the master plan. And he's holding this Halloween mask. He's like, they're going to kill us all. They're going to kill us all. And he's like, all right, buddy. Oh, God. When when does Muldoon's close? (laughs) That's a 24-7 bar, sir. I really wish there was a place called Muldoon's. And you walk in, and the first thing you see is a gigantic portrait of that Australian guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> and there's a little, like, sensor on the door when, like, the door opens. Instead of a bell ringing, it's just, clever girl, <laughs> clever girl. And the poor bartender has to hear it, like, 40 times a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at 5 o'clock, instead of, like, the 5 o'clock whistle, it's, shoot And all, everybody gets a bunch of shooters in the bar, and- I mean, let's open Muldoon. Yeah, we got like an eighth of a business plan ready already. Uh, so can we talk about how not the character, but Tom Atkins and his physical appearance and how he's dressed in this movie. There's no way he's a medical doctor. Oh, he's an alcoholic. He looks like an alcoholic. Tom Atkins, schlub for hire. Yeah. Like this guy. I mean, the most the fanciest he's ever looked is in Lethal Weapon 1. Yeah. Where he was kind of a professional, although he's a huge fucking scumbag and heroin dealer in that one. Uh, <laughs> but, like, in almost every other movie, he's either a sheriff and a schlubby sheriff at that, or, and in this case, a fucking doctor who is basically a detective. Yeah, why didn't they just make him a cop? No, yeah, he could, he, it would make so much more sense that he's a cop. And all, you don't have to alter the story that much. All you have to do is, like, so you know is he shows up for the crime scene is like i am on the case 
That's all. That's the only difference. Why? What? How many doctors get on the case aside from Doctor House? But it, it always ends when the hospital visit ends. Yeah, Doctor House doesn't leave the fucking place that often. Yeah, I mean, he goes home and makes the team do most of the work and whatever. But he's not like, hey, I'm gonna go on this six hour road trip uh, with this woman I just met and figure stuff out. We'll figure out his motivations in a bit. <laughs> yes. So you know, he puts this guy to bed and. In the night, this businessman uh, that we, you know, that we saw before, finally catches up with him and kills the shit out of him. Ooh, doggy, that's a murder. Yeah, oh boy, the guy's freaking nose goes straight in the fucking air. Yeah, he just kind of pulls this guy's skull apart. Who's next? Nobody, except for him. It's a quiet night. I could use a nap. Doctor's lounge is empty. Want to take one with me? <laughs> So much napping in this movie. <laughs> He's running after this guy. For what? I don't know. I mean, like, I guess he was a brawler in his day or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, he is fitted to be a police officer or a bouncer. Yeah. You know, or a biker. You know, he could be on like fucking Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, he might even do a guest spot on Sons of Anarchy. We haven't IMD beat it. We could have. Um, no, but like, you know, he's lived a hard life because. Hospitals definitely have rooms for their doctors to sleep for those shifts. Yeah. And he refuses to do that. He has to take a nap on the fucking grimy-ass sofa. Oh, yeah. It's just a gross couch. Like, people have received bad news on that couch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just a gross couch. And he snuggles up like, ah, this is as good as an alley. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Davis, the overweight janitor, has eaten many a hoagie on that one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shredded lettuce in the crevices. <laughs> so, yeah, this nurse comes out and she's like, oh, man, he just got murdered. <laughs> and he comes out like, hey, get back here. And this businessman, just total cash, yeah. walks out to the parking lot, gets in this car. And you're like, all right, he's going to speed off. Nope. Total Tibetan monk protest. <laughs> douses himself in gasoline and lights that shit up. That car explodes. It's like a Death Wish sequel explosion. Like, it doesn't take a lot to get there, and the car just blows kind of a thing. <laughs> and it's got all those, like, little gasoline bits, like, ca causing little fires all over the parking yeah, little, lot. little, like, fire tears. <laughs> yeah, I love those things. Oh, it's such a good fucking explosion. And Tom Atkins, starting the tradition of him not reacting appropriately to tragedy in this movie, kind of just looks like, huh. How about that? <laughs> Just, case closed. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, he really went up. Like, you're a doctor. Like, I know the dude just blew up in front of your eyes or whatever, but, like, I don't know. Aren't you, like, kind of supposed to go over there and see if you can help? Like, I know it's a gigantic ball of fire, but at least, you know, inquire. No, I think he called it a draw. <laughs> the old eye for an eye. <laughs> All right. I can live with that. Well, optimal dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Whistling a jaunty tune. So Already missed my shooter for the day. Goddamn work. <laughs> He's definitely got a Muldoon's happy hour fucking bumper sticker on his car. <laughs> definitely. All of his t-shirts are from there. The I one speed for Muldoon's. <laughs> the one time Jim Bean did a, like a promotional thing there, he was there at 3 p.m. <laughs> he got all the t-shirts. <laughs> And he really thought he was gonna—he was gonna make it with the T-shirt girl. Yeah, but it, that never works out. 
So the next day, he's just like, my God, that's horrible. Like, we click over. It's October 24th now because the sun came up. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just still kind of hanging out at the hospital. And I I sort of feel like you can gauge how badly he needs a drink by how many buttons on his shirt are undone. Like, the more chest you're seeing of Tom Atkins, the more he's really getting the old DT shakes. Well, that's the beer gauge. The whiskey gauge is the sleeves. Yeah, when those (laughs) sleeves come up. Yeah, that, that it, then we're moving on to hard alcohol, everybody. <laughs> like, that's like, because when you roll up your sleeves, right? Like, you fucking mean business, man. Like, that's what that means. Yeah. So he, mean, he means I really need some liquor in me. And when he walks around in his socks, that means it's a red wine day. <laughs> <laughs> he's comfortable. He, it might be raining outside. He's going to do the crossword. But he's still getting shit out. <laughs> This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you could lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. So in walks uh, the the victim's daughter, who's like this 20-something-year-old, like, 
babe walks in and she's like, oh my yeah, god, my father. You know, something. Yeah, that's something else. We'll put a thumbtack on our age. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. If 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 someone uh, for whatever reason was transcribing this episode, when we say twenty something, then there's an asterisk next to it, and they gotta go read the footer that says check ahead to page forty seven of the transcript. Thousand percent. So she's like, oh my god, my father. She's not really that broken up. She's like really surprised because like. My father's skull was ripped apart. Yeah, like, she's legitimately like, I'm sorry, how the fuck does this happen in a hospital? <laughs> like, he came in here because he fainted and just was a little dehydrated, and somehow his face was torn apart. Just a little thing that I want to start bringing into this show, which is hilarious extras. There is... <laughs> Uh, the scene right before she shows, once the police are called, and, like, it's just Tom Atkins, like, I think he's calling somebody for something. He's calling, like, his wife, or he's just on the phone with somebody. I think it's another, like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't come home. Someone's face was pulled apart. She's like, you fucking scumbag. There is a guy to the left of your screen that is just this hapless fireman he's wearing like there's a bunch of cops moving in and out all with kind of things to do but there's this fireman extra that just has a silly like toy truck add-on and like a little card with an f on it on it, top of it's it. like fd for fire department no it's f for felt because keeps flopping around <laughs> i mean very fittingly with this movie it just looks like a shitty halloween costume and he is just does not know what to do with those arms it's <laughs> one of those like I mean, we'll, we will get a screen cap up on the Facebook page for y'all to check out. But, I mean, it must have been a thing where, like, the camera just started rolling. Yeah. And he was like, fuck, no one told me what to do. <laughs> I'm just, like, he's pretending to talk, but, like, no one is in front of him. So his, his little lips are just moving away. I know exactly what he's doing. He's trying to get into the conversation with Tom Atkins and whoever's on the phone because he just keeps on shaking his head and nodding his head yeah. like yeah you got her no that's not right at all <laughs> yeah he is totally like trying to get in like he's responding to tom atkins and what he's saying on the phone but can you, you believe she said that <laughs> so that guy's career never took off anyway so that's i think that's the end of that day <laughs> yeah like, we, we move forward to the 25th of october <laughs> And then there's there's our there's our hero fucking sucking him down at the local bar. Interior Muldoons. <laughs> yeah, we finally get to Muldoons, and it is like seedy. Like the only kind of light bulb in Muldoons is red, blood ass red at Muldoons, and he's like. He's, of course, best buds with Jerry the bartender kind of a thing. He's and the he, only one in there because it's the after. <laughs> it's clearly the afternoon. Oh, he's totally the first customer of the day. Like, every glass in that place is clean when he walks in. <laughs> and he's, like, giving the, sh uh, the bartender shit about, like, changing the channel. Because he's pissed off that ha-ha in-joke, the original Halloween's on the TV. Yeah. And he's like, oh, can't we change the station or whatever? And then, like... He keeps changing, and, like, that fucking Halloween song commercial comes on again, and he gets all pissed off because it just reminds him of the shitty masks he bought for his kids. <laughs> what? I paid $4. God, what do these kids want? They even smell like peppermint schnapps, which to me is a benefit. <laughs> so the, uh, the girl comes in, the, the victim's daughter, and it's just like, yeah, the hospital said you'd be here. <laughs> I'm sh I just imagine the duty nurse, like, she's like, do you know where Dr. Uh, Atkins is? And the duty nurse just looks at her watch. 
Yeah, he'll be at Muldoon's right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Someone just unlocked a front door of a bar. <laughs> no, I think there's a big list where she's like, okay, if he's not at Rafferty's, <laughs> he's at Joe's. If he's not at Joe's, he's at Dingo's. If he's not at Dingo's, <laughs> he's at Muldoon's. And if he's not at Muldoon's, he's at home underneath the couch. <laughs> Uh, oh, is it a fri- Is it the first Friday of the month? Because the homeless shelter has a whiskey day, <laughs> and he likes to do that sometimes. It's free, and uh, even though he's a doctor, his salary's not that great, because he's not a great doctor, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, I think the methadone clinic is open at this hour, <laughs> so... Uh... So she walks in, and she's like, look, I don't, you know, some, I don't know why, like, there are detectives in the town. There is a, a, a whole sheriff's department. But she goes to this doc, this doctor who barely did anything to the guy. Like all he did was like admit him to bed. And yeah, he was the, just the duty doctor that night. Yeah, and she's just like something doesn't add up. Oh my god, what's going on? There's got to be some vast conspiracy because this isn't adding up. And he's like, yeah, and you could tell he doesn't really believe her, but he's kind of something. He, he, he wants to fuck her. Let's not fool around. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. He's like, in his head, he's thinking two things at the same time. One, well, this sounds like bullshit. <laughs> and two, <laughs> yeah. and it's total, like, fucking, look, if I help this babe out, yeah. maybe at the end of our adventure that we're going to have, if I'm still alive, God help me, <laughs> I can bang this chick's brains out. And he's also, he could do the math. He's a doctor. He's been around death a while. He's just like, okay, two days after dad dies, huh? Looks like old man Atkins is going to be playing <laughs> daddy from now <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, that fucking, like, uh, guilt window is open. The grief window. Like, the whole thing is just getting going. He's got, like, a couple months to really milk this thing dry. I'm really sorry, but you should not be trying to bake the moves on somebody who refers to their father as Papa. Exactly. It exactly. shouldn't be happening. And, like, clearly he's in his 40s. She's, like, we can get into... She looks like she's 16 years old. Yeah, she's a very young-looking woman. The actress's name is Stacy Nelkin, I believe. Uh, chalk that up to never heard from again. <laughs> she looks a lot like Pat Benatar. Yeah, she does kind of look like Pat Benatar. That's a good call. You think Tom Atkins just saw the fucking video for uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot and was just like, hey, here we go. So she's like, you know, something doesn't add up. Do you want to come to my dad's hardware store? And he's like, sure, babe, lead the way. And, you know, there they go through his books and they find out, you know, he he was getting these Halloween masks from Cochran's or whatever, which is just a local business a, a couple hours outside of town. Do you want to come with me? And he gives this like cat ate the canary grin like, sure, toots. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'll come help solve your father's murder or whatever. What are doctors for? (laughs) What? I just got to stop by the local news and grocery for a moment here. Dude, the best cut in the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, it is a phenomenal cut. She, she, you know, he agrees to go with her, and then you know, cut to he's on a payphone talking to his wife, and he's like, "No, I'll be back in plenty of time for Halloween." You fucking piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have my own life. You promised to watch the kids. All this is being on the other end of the phone, which we don't hear. But he's just like, "Come on, lady, I, I got a hot." He makes up some doctors' conference. (laughs) which i'm sure he's used that excuse three times this year man i totally forgot that he's just like 
yeah, it's just me and a couple of doctors talking shop. It's going to be so boring. And the best part about it is in the back, in the back of the frame, there <laughs> is a six pack of Miller High Life cans. Oh my God. <laughs> it's total like. Uh, all right, I'm going on this long drive to the Silver Shamrock, whatever the fuck factory. <laughs> I got this 18-year-old girl who just got her driver's license. Better get some road sodas so I'm all loose by the time we get to the motel. <laughs> Those are definitely road sodas. <laughs> and, like, she's, like, 17, so she's probably impressed by it, which is unfortunate. Ooh, he's drinking in the car. Oh, he's drinking all of them in the car. <laughs> Have you ever had one of these? <laughs> mm. Well, you're not going to now because these are all for me. Glug, 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 glug. I asked you in the store. Didn't I ask you in the store? Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> but it's just the best cut because they are just on the top of that payphone. And when he hangs up that phone, it's like a sweet basketball move where like some dude like pivots around a player and it's like one fluid motion of like he turns on that foot and just grabs that six pack off like like a fucking ballerina. Like it is beautiful. And he's just in the car and away we go. Uh, I kind of wish I saw her turning down that tall boy of fucking Coors original. <laughs> That he offered. Well, you're lost more for me because I only have four dollars and quarters, so it's only going to get it so far in here anyway. <laughs> you're paying for the hotel, right? 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 You're paying for the hotel. Linda, I can't get out of it. I'm really sorry. I... No, it's just a bunch of doctors talking about boring stuff. I... Linda, Linda, take it easy. I'll be back to take them trick or treating. I promise. I'll call. No, I can't remember the name of the hotel. I'll call you Monday. I gotta go. Bye. So they go to the town and they're kind of, you know, they're driving around. It's, it's a very eerie village of the damned feel. Everybody's got eyes on them. Right. Can I just point out, it's like some like Santa Maria or some like Santa Northern, Mira. Saint Santa Mira, Mira. Is that what it is? Santa, Santa Mira. Mira. Yeah. Like some like Northern California coast town, like with a Spanish name, but it's just populated with Irish people. Like... <laughs> Something doesn't add up there. Like, right away, Tom Atkins should be looking around like, wait a second. I don't think there are many, like, you know, ethnic Irish in California. Like, just like, the Irish didn't settle in California, you know? The Irish settled <laughs> in New York. Yeah, I don't know. It got me swinging. I, I've never been to California. I don't know. I kind of there. feel like he would be asking around, so where are the Misty Moors? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I got this girl here, and uh, I told her about the moors. <laughs> yeah, you know, I find it really surprising that uh, there's just not any fog in this Irish coastal town here in California. <laughs> so they go there, uh, they pull up to a, a motel, and, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're greeted by the, the kindly old shopkeep, whatever. And, you know, they run into this other family who's just showing up because he's like the best salesman of these masks and he has a plant trip tomorrow. And then there's this other old lady that is also a salesman that's going to be that also needs to do a plant trip the next day to get her orders. Even though it's two days before Halloween, how are you turning these masks around, lady? Yeah, this shit makes no sense. First of all, because we see like all of these gigundo delivery trucks that are coming out of the Silver Shamrock factory, mm. I guess to deliver these masks all over the place. But then this one lady and this dude with his family and the dude. Yeah, you're right. The dude's like the salesman of the year. The 
the salesman who sold the most like Spencer's gifts crap or whatever. <laughs> because also like on top of masks, like this guy sells like doodads and thingamajigs and all sorts of crap no one wants. The Trinkets. Other, the other thing about this is as a supporting cast choice for these two characters, both the guy's family and this other woman. Like the rest of the movie is populated by like horror movie tropes: the good guy, the hot babe, the bad guy, and then these people are straight off the set of Better Off Dead. You know what I mean? They're all <laughs> like these wacky, over-the-top cartoon characters. Yeah, it's way cartoony, especially this woman who's like complaining about how she had to come pick up her order and it's not ready and whatever the hell else, and. She might as well sound like Fran Drescher on The Nanny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and then she's like, oh, my te- my store that I have back in San Francisco. It's like, really? Because it kind of sounds like you mean to say Central Long Island. <laughs> like, you're... Your little consignment shop in San Francisco where you sell used clothes and trinkets of all kinds. Give yeah, me a break. Yeah, but, I mean, you need your victims. I mean, I, they, they don't really leave room for that. I mean, it's a freaking dead town. It's just... yeah cameras and you know people closing their window shades the whole time yeah Yeah. well it's like it's a weird thing where not everybody's in on it it's not like that but it's like everyone's kind of i don't know like not stockholm syndrome but they all think that this connell cochran who runs the silver shamrock factory is like this big genius and he's like a hero who's brought like all this business to the town or whatever the fuck so they all love him and they're all like totally behind him even to the point where when uh the the uh, the woman who's supposedly from San Francisco is hilariously killed in her hotel room, and like this dude's covering it up. Yeah. This Connell Cochran, like the guy who runs the hotel, is like, "Oh, good evening, Mister Cochran. Oh, just no, nothing to see here, sir. Just a crazy accident." Like he's totally cool with it. Yeah, he's he's always just glad handling everybody. You know what I mean? This is definitely the Peter Fond of On Golden Pond. <laughs> Everything's just fine and perfect. So he go, they go into the motel room, and she, the, the girl is still under the foolishly under the impression that he's out here to solve her father's murder. Yeah, what an <laughs> idiot! <laughs> so she's just like, "Well, should we go to the plant tonight to ask?" You know, we have a lot of questions to ask. It looks like there's a lot of people to interview, and he's like, "Look, it's getting late, and quite frankly, I need a drink." Like this is exactly yeah. what he says. That recycling bin's empty, and that should not be. Yeah, he is very upfront with her about what's going on he's like yeah yeah he's dead but you know what he's still gonna be dead i need a drink yeah it's like we'll deal with that tomorrow probably after one o'clock when i get it when i shake it off (laughs) (laughs) so he goes out to the liquor store and he he's coming back and he's just like singing it he's got a bottle of whiskey and a song in his heart like he's in a great mood And he's just walking around like the guy at the start of the Lost Weekend. Like, this is going to be great. I'm just going to hole up in my apartment. I'm just going to drink a little bit. I'm going to finally write this book. (laughs) (laughs) And this hobo stops him. (laughs) Oh, man, it is a classic hobo. (laughs) And he's just like, oh, that bottle looks pretty heavy. Need any help? (laughs) And Tom Atkins, both, uh, again, you know, he's got two motives. One, he does... is a little interested in this mystery, so he's going to ask this hobo some questions. Two, he probably just enjoys a little bit of drinking company. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, this guy looks like a veteran. <laughs> no, this guy gave him a reason to open it early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, if I stop and talk to this hobo, I don't have to wait till I get back to the motel room to open this bottle of whiskey. I could just tell that a hobo drank from it. She won't know I did, too. <laughs> 
Again, by the way, Tom Atkins in fluid motions. The cap is off this whiskey bottle in no time. That hobo's just sucking it down. <laughs> no, yeah, he is really, he's like the ninja of drinking. <laughs> Just, you know, oh where, man, I wish I was the ninja of drinking. Oh, where'd that cap go? It's, just, it's in your ear. Glug. <laughs> Whoa! Jeez! Oh, it. it didn't mean to scare you. I saw that bottle. Thought it looked pretty heavy. I, I ain't got no diseases. You mind if I have a drink? God damn. Thank you. Hey, uh, just a second. You, uh, you happen to know anything about this Cochrane? So yeah, he's just interviewing this hobo, and you know, he. He's got no real, re- you know, he, he he's not learning a lot of information. It's just like the creepy vibe idea. You yeah, know? yeah. He's like, oh, let's follow this, leave my gut instinct or whatever. And it's, of course, the situation, like, if there's a town that's everyone's brainwashed by, like, the bad guy of the movie, there's always the one person who's against him, but that person always has the broken-ass life. And so that means this hobo, of course, has a real problem with Connell Cochran. You know, I guess he... He applied for a job at the toy factory, and this guy just didn't hire him. And could, do you think that's a thing where, like, because uh, this hobo, you know, he's dirty and whatnot, but, you know, he doesn't really look Irish, if you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. You know, like Connell Cochran ain't going to hire no Polak kind of a thing. There are no D'Alessios on the <laughs> Silver Shamrock roster, roster, all right? Well, it looks like fucking Giuliani runs this place because all the homeless are fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. for lone hobo. Not for long, by the way. <laughs> and it's this thing where, like, the hobo's like, you know what, man? This guy's a scumbag. He's got the whole fucking town wired. You know, there's cameras everywhere. And Tom Atkins is like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, hobo glug. <laughs> and the hobo's saying, he tells this hilarious plan, like, out loud about how he's like, this is the last Halloween for the Silver Shamrock Factory because I'm going to throw a bunch of Molotov cocktails through their windows. Great plan, hobo. I just imagined him finding this old scrappy notebook and just writing down his whole plan, Molotov cocktail, <laughs> plush factory, equal happiness. <laughs> so he's like, all right, bye. And he's like, good night, gentle hobo. I'm off to fucking get some trim. <laughs> so, he, so he, you know, the hobo, like, this this response team is really good. Yeah, oh, they're not yeah. fooling around. It's total 1984 standard. We still stuff. don't know exactly what's going on with these very big, burly businessmen that are doing all of, you know, Cochran's dirty work. The second he turns the corner into his little, I think you called it a Hooverville. Yeah, it's a total Hooverville. <laughs> uh, these businessmen greet him and, you know, they, they never say a word and they rip his fucking head off. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's like some good like decapitations with broadswords in movies, yeah. you know, that we touched on with things like Evil Speak or whatever. I mean, but this guy gets so murdered it's amazing the head just comes off and it's a really weird thing where like these dudes aren't talking yeah and then like they kind of just like one dude comes up behind him and the other dude stands in front of him and then they just get him down on his knees and i'm like what's going on here (laughs) and he's like oh come on guys you know i was just joking i love mr cochran and whatever and i just was waiting for the guy to be like yeah show me how much you love mr cochran (laughs) i kind of know what i mean i was gonna wait for him to say no teeth (laughs) but you know a head rip is just as awesome as this dude being forced to blow this drone (laughs) yeah just as just as awesome that's one way to put it well this is right before like i 
I kind of like these decapitations where it's just they rip the head off and it's just a hole where oh, the head yeah. used to be. Oh, like, yeah, now yeah. they have like jagged organ stuff going on after you rip a head off. Yeah, but back they... in the day it was just a hole. Well, this is like a, a Mortal Kombat thing because like there's some fucking spinal cord on the on, on this piece he rips out. Yeah, totally. And there's you know to be fair to the the special effects department on this movie, there's an awesome like spurt or two yeah and it's like a misty spurt you know like they really knew what they were doing with that head rip and now we cut back to the other woman who is complaining she complains to the girl uh the old the older woman with the shop complains to the girl like oh you know these 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 dern shamrock things are these masks are garbage because look the brand came off and the the little disc we learn is where the magic center is yeah i just said that said that i'm a grown man <laughs> magic uh, center by the way sounds like some sort of candy advertisement <laughs> the chocolate outside and then the gooey magic center so you know she's she's in a room reading her Tom Clancy or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's yeah, it's some sort of like grocery store romance novel. Like a drawing of Fabio on a boat is totally on the cover. Clive Cussler's latest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cussler. And she's looking at that disc and she's like, "Oh, that's weird. It's a little computer chip. Let me use my bobby pin and really get it in there." <laughs> and she is just scraping the shit out of this thing. Like, where do you get off? Like, what do you think you're doing? So, yeah, actually, I forgot this is set against the the gross-ass sex scene. Yeah, it's an odd juxtaposition of scenes. And it's it's just, like, the second Tom Atkins comes in with that half bottle of whiskey, <laughs> she's like, oh, hey, you're back, Papa. I mean, Tom Atkins, <laughs> you know? And they just start... He's putting his mustache all over her face. Well, what no. is bizarre about this whole setup, right, is that before he goes to the liquor store, there's a bit of a smooch. Yeah. And it's just like they check into this motel, and I don't know if it's a thing where, like, because, like, they're totally taking a page out of Psycho, right? So they go to this hotel, they're checking the register and everything, and they're pretending that they're a married couple staying at this hotel. And then, like, they get in the room, and I don't remember exactly if it happens this way, but I'd like to think that Tom Atkins thinks that he's this suave, where he's just like, well, if we're a married couple, we have to play the part, don't we? Two things. <laughs> Yes. One, the exchange is fucking brilliant because it's, so what should we do? Oh, no. What do you want to do? And he looks at her dead in the eyes and he says this with real meaning. That's a dumb question, Miss Grimpage. And then they just start making out. Yeah. Yeah. And, which is hilarious because then he's like, oh, I got to go to the liquor store. Hang on a second. But, but the that- second thing is, and this is what I was thinking the whole time they are in the Rose of Shannon Motel, <laughs> is... <laughs> Yes. Is the Peter Fonda character when he hears, "Oh yeah, we're just a married couple," he's like, "Got to keep my opinions to myself." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, when you say Peter Fonda, you just mean it's an actor that looks like Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda no, is Peter not, Fonda in, is this not movie. in this movie. He wasn't offered this movie. They didn't bother. <laughs> you think someone for a split second was like, "Hey, do you think we can get Peter?" Ah, fuck it. Anyway, what's <laughs> what's next on the docket? Oh, this movie's gonna last ten days. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, cutting back, man. This a caterpillar gr- mustache is just crawling all over her. It's gross. He's like kissing. She's in like some nighty, and like he's like sucking on her nipple. It's just I disgusting. yeah, you know. Here's the thing: Andrew Jupin's movie gross outs number three seven eight dash C. 
actors actually sucking on actresses' nipples. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. You, when this old dude and his mustache is just <laughs> on that nipple, you know what? It's not sexier than if he wasn't doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Atkins, it's not a bowl of chipped beef. Let's fucking calm down here. <laughs> it's so fucking horrifying. But what's gross? And we're not doing an Alba Devar movie here, folks. <laughs> it's Halloween three. Just fucking get to the next scene already. Where is the fucking haunted mask guy? Why am I watching this chick get her nipples sucked by an old drunk? I mean, that's how disturbed you know this chick is because man, she packed that nighty. Yeah, oh, did. yeah, you're right. She's totally wearing a little negligee. Like, she comes out of the shower, and you get a little, like, frosted glass nudity, and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then she puts on this hand towel, which, like, is that the only towel in that bathroom? You think Tom Atkins, like, removed all the body <laughs> towels? Yeah. You can dry yourself off with this four-by-six washcloth. <laughs> he's, he's tossing the full body ones out the window. Nope. 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 Too little big. <laughs> Little hand one. Yep. So then, like, she wraps herself in this, like, comforter or whatever, and she's like, Burr, it's cold in here. And he comes back, and yeah, you're right. She stands up with that fucking comforter and just slips it off, and it's like, where did this Fredericks of Hollywood piece of clothing come from? Why did you pack this on a trip where you're trying to solve your father's murder, you twisted, sick little girl? (laughs) So... Cut to this other woman just fiddling with that magic scepter, and she gets lasered in the face and is lets out a terrible scream. And like the the girl, they, we come back to the sex scene. The girl's like, oh, "What was that?" And he's like, "Who cares?" <laughs> it just go, moves on to nipple number two. Sounds like someone just died in there. Whatever doesn't doesn't matter. Got myself a mouthful of strange here. <laughs> And let me tell you, in the vein of, like, that fucking head rip from earlier, this woman gets it. So, like, the whole thing we were talking about before, how, like, the mask turns your face into bugs and snakes, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Uh, This woman just gets it right in the mouth. Like, this thing shoots her in the mouth. And you cut back and, like, bugs are crawling out of her mouth. Her whole face looks like when Leatherface puts on makeup at the end of Texas Chainsaw when he's getting ready for dinner. (laughs) And he's just got that lipstick on, but he's a crazy psychopath. So he's not that great at applying makeup. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's genuinely gross, which, I mean, a little applause for this movie. Yeah, totally. There was a little grown man. Going on, absolutely. Well, it was more for the sex scene, but I'll give that to you. <laughs> so yeah, they, they say that they, you know, then Cochran shows up, ships her off, and it's like, look, we're gonna take, you know, he finally meets uh, Tom Atkins. Like, look, we're gonna we have the best care in my factory. We're gonna take her. We have an emergency room in my toy factory. We're taking her over there. <laughs> Which, yeah, he's like, he's like, wait a minute, I'm a doctor. Let me see this woman. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. She'll get the best care at my toy factory. <laughs> so cut to the next day. They finally get to this fucking toy factory because Tom Atkins, you know, he probably had a good brunch with a, some mimosas or whatever. <laughs> so he finally made his way out to do what he was supposed to do. Wake up. The, the endless Bloody Marys end at 1130. We're we're off to this toy factory. So and they run into the other couple. 
uh, with the kid, and they're just kind of walking around. It's the Willy Wonka tour for fucking novelties. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and this dude, by the way, like the father who's like salesman of the year or whatever, just knows like all the merch that this dude's made over the years. And there's like a really racist, like engine Larry fucking music box thing yeah, that's just horrifying. Is. And he's like, oh, you see that there? Well, Mr. Cochran made that in 1947, right? And it's like, listen, I appreciate all that you're bringing to this movie, fat guy. But you know what? I'm here for the haunted masks. (laughs) Let's get on with it. I don't want to hear your research on this guy. So I mean the 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 tour kind of goes with that incident where kind of we're introduced to what the factory looks like, you right. know? Yeah. And it's just it's a big old fucking factory. Yeah, it's there's got a, there's a secret room that you can't go in. Yeah, oh yeah. Which you know, here's the thing about secret rooms in factories. Especially a factory that you're willingly going to give a tour to the public. Yeah. Like don't have your big secret room be a huge door that says like Final touch room. No one go in. You can't see the magic that happens in here. No, this is supposed to be a room that you're only supposed to get to if you pull the book out of the bookcase. The spiral staircase happens, and then you tunnel through eh, about a half mile, and then you're in this huge other factory. Right. Well, because that's the thing, right? Is like Tom Atkins and this chick are inept detectives like they're just doing bad detective work well because they're not detectives exactly so the only way tom atkins winds up foiling this guy at the end of the movie is because he knows where the secret fucking door is (laughs) if you just put a bunch of boxes in front of it and didn't label it with a bunch of caution signs smiley faces and exclamation marks and a big dude standing there shushing you and getting you out of there he wouldn't have found it and he would have killed all the kids and it would have been awesome so they find, you know, on the way out, she finds her her father's car. You know what I mean? Like in the factory, she's like, "Oh my god!" And then like all of the guys, all of uh, you know, uh, Cochran's men, the minions, minions just stop her or whatever, and they cut back to the hotel. Tom Atkins got a fucking a nice glass of whiskey, and she's like, "I don't know what we're gonna do." He's like, "It's time to call the Marines." <laughs> oh yeah, what is with that line, you drunk idiot? <laughs> I saw it. I know I saw it. I think it's time for the Marines. Way to exaggerate. How about just the police department? Because they're actual detectives on that police force. (laughs) Unlike you, you doctor. It's like Bruce Willis in the siege. He just wants to declare martial law and have it over with. (laughs) She's like, isn't there a couple of steps in between that? And he's like, no. Get me the director of the FBI on the phone immediately. Well, it's like playing Grand Theft Auto. You're at Star 2 right now. Star 6 is the Marines, pal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so they just, I mean, I don't know. They take it upon themselves to, like... She gets kidnapped. Right. That's right. Yeah, she gets kidnapped by... They're kind of revealed at this point to be robots. Yeah, because the whole thing is like he's just this big fucking toy maker and he's so good at making toys that he's made a bunch of realistic like Disney World Hall of Presidents fucking (laughs) animatronic robots that do his bidding. That could just rip a man's head off. Or possibly force a man to blow them. (laughs) Their prerogative. Well, it's kind of it's kind of presaged. By these phone calls that Atkins keeps on making back to Teddy, his swinging coroner. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. That's a Z plot that nobody yeah, gives it's a shit just, about. It, it, that is all this lady is there for us to be every once in a while like, 
Yeah, we were sifting through the ashes of, you know, that car that blew up. And uh, we're only finding metal. Why is there only metal? Yeah, and it's like the whole big mystery. She's like, even if it was a gigantic explosion like this, you should totally be finding all sorts of bones and hair and whatever the fuck. Well, don't worry. She's repaid for her actions by a drill to the skull. (laughs) These fucking robots are some twisted characters. Totally. Like, listen. You're a big, strong robot. Whatever. You can just go around breaking necks all the live long day. Exactly. But instead, you're pulling a skull apart. You're pulling a dude's head off. You're fucking uh, drilling that poor, poor corridor right through the old head. And you know what? You don't see it because it's from behind. Guaranteed that sinister son of a bitch is getting it right through her eye, too. Oh, of course. Eye to brain shit. These are some hate humanity kind of robots, which are the most dangerous kind. Yeah, if you build, like, a sentient robot like that, you want it to love humanity. You don't want it to be against humanity because that's when the uprisings start. Well, I mean, think of all the advanced programs they had to run. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Why couldn't you just put in the normal breakneck program? Why did you have to do these advanced algorithms <laughs> to make them split apart a skull in seven different places? Well, I guess it's because it was invented by a dude who's inherently evil. So he's like, oh, I'll upload them with all sorts of like great killing tactics. But the weird thing is... You're thinking to yourself, like, how are these things understanding English? Like, what is the computer mechanism? And all Cochrane really says, because what you see of them is just, like, a bunch of fancy gears and cogs and whatever. And then he's like, well, yes, it's much like creating any other toy. The hard part was the flesh, which is much like making a mask. And you're like, that's a little too simplified. These are actors that are real human beings that look nothing like robots, but they get punched in the gut and, like, Green jelly comes out with, like, you know, snot. That's really gross. It's yeah. unnecessarily <laughs> gross for this movie. You know, like, I mean, I'll, you know, you want bugs to crawl out of people's eyes? Fine. I'm on board with that. But just like robot goo coming out of people's mouths, I always kind of envision my, you know, envision myself doing that. And like, you show up one day, like, here, Steve, you got to spit this out of your mouth it's gross like if you had to film that scene and yeah. they're like here's some like yellow snot yeah stick it in there say that i mean it's probably <laughs> stick it in there say that by the way <laughs> yeah it's probably like caramel or whatever but it's still disgusting yeah it's pretty gnarly the surprising thing is that the internal components were quite simple to produce really the outer features took much longer to perfect but then of course in the end it's just another form of mask making so Atkins gets uh, whatever. A- Atkins gets uh, kidnapped as well. Gets and- the real tour. Yeah, he does get the real tour. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that, you know, there's totally the, the Mr. Bond moment where Cochran sits him down and is telling him his evil plot. Well, come, you want to see a demonstration of what my mask can really do? <laughs> and it just, you know, you cut to this room on the facility, this dumb, you know, this is like a, a a family of sheep, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, he's going to have us great commercials. That's going to be great. Like, how much of a great salesman of trinkets does this fat guy think he is that this guy <laughs> is like putting his whole family up for multiple days and now he's asking his input on commercials? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, like, he- this is obviously a trap. So, you know, uh, the commercial goes on. The kid puts the mask on. And finally we get 
one of the best child deaths in the history of cinema. Oh, wow. And I'll tell you what, uh, if I haven't mentioned it on the podcast before, Andrew Jupin is a solid fan of child death in movies. Because let me tell you, you got the guts to kill a kid like in frame on a movie. <laughs> You're a pretty gutsy filmmaker. I first came up with this theory while watching Exorcist The Beginning, where that poor little boy just gets torn to shreds by all those satanic hyenas or whatever the fuck. I think my enthusiastic love for child death uh, really, really was born out of City of God. Yeah, oh, yeah. that is one of the worst slash awesomest child deaths <laughs> in the history of cinema. Also, to take it back to John Carpenter for a second, because he did still serve as executive producer on this movie. He did the music as well. Uh, the very beginning of Assault on Precinct 13 oh. is just this ice cream truck. And this kid pulls up and he's like, oh, give me a chocolate or whatever. And this guy's like, here you go, kid. And he's like, hey, this is vanilla. I asked for chocolate. And the dude pulls out a fucking Harry Callahan Magnum and just shoots this kid dead. <laughs> Who dug it? It is hardcore. So yeah, this scene is up there in the pantheon of awesome child death. Because the parents are just arguing about who cares. And the you know the, the song's going. It's really, this is one of the creepiest scenes in the movie by far and you know the kid starts like you know shaking his head there's something wrong and then he his face starts to melt a bit yet you see an eyeball where the eyeball like shouldn't be lined up kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then just all these fucking crickets start coming out of that mask <laughs> and then you like it's very much in stages because it's like the little crickets come out and you're like wow that's a lot of crickets <laughs> and then there's like these little water snakes and you're like eh, water snakes and then there's just the gigantic rattler that just appears where this child's head was and it's all this fucking pseudo pseudo magic bullshit yeah oh yeah yeah we skipped over the part where uh we find out that the evil in these masks comes from stonehenge <laughs> yeah they just and it's such lazy writing too he's like he's doing the old parlor scene and he's like that's right it's a piece of stonehenge the magic sacrificial circle or whatever. <laughs> and then, like, you're thinking to yourself, like, how the fuck did this guy get this thing? <laughs> and he just goes, mm, yes, getting it was quite a bit of adventure. <laughs> well, anyway. And you're like, no, wait a second, movie. How did he get the piece of Stonehenge? We spared no expense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's your answer. They spared no expense. Well, maybe it was like a Richard Kelly movie, and there's like a, uh, a supplementary comic book that tells you how they got the, <laughs> the rock from Stonehenge. Probably not, though. And the funny part about the parlor scene is it kind of goes on for a while because he goes on about like Celtic magic and blah 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 and sacrifices. And I just keep pictured like Tom Atkins being like, you know, it is customary for the villain to offer the victim a snifter of brandy. Oh, totally, man. Blofeld is always asking Bond if he wants something to drink before <laughs> that parlor scene gets going. And he's just licking his lips like, come on, Blofeld, do it. He's like uh, Albert Finney and Big Fish. Like, I'm drying out. <laughs> No, he's more like Albert Finney in Under the Volcano. Yeah, yeah. He's really trying out in that movie. <laughs> Where he's just looking for cognac in the corner. So the family gets horrifically murdered, which I, we talked about that before anyway. Yeah, and they're long dead. The they leave fucking they leave Atkins alone in a room with the movie, you know, like, you know, at nine o'clock this is gonna happen. You're gonna get you know, you're gonna get murdered like everybody else. 
Atkins takes his mask off and like hucks it at this camera. <laughs> it's such bullshit. It is a ridiculous like movie toss. Yeah. Like he's sitting in a chair and he's like, oh, a security camera in the corner of the room. Flip. And it just totally gets right up there. And the, with the way they cut it, it's like it's a static shot on this security camera. And you know that it was like the 19th time <laughs> someone just like flopped it up there. And it was finally good to stay up. And it looks like they had a bunch of magnets there. <laughs> they had like magnets in the mask. And they're just like, here we ah, Come on. <laughs> maybe it was. I didn't notice like that closely, but maybe it was like a reverse shot thing where they had it up there and then just pulled it off on a string and then played the film backwards. (laughs) That makes more sense. It's just such a perfect landing on that camera. It sucks. So Atkins gets loose and he finds the girl, you know, and he's running afoul of all these robots. Yeah, the honest-to-goodness robots, which apparently, like, we see, like, maybe five of them throughout the course of the film and they're, like, you know, doing their kidnapping and murdering and whatever else. But there's like 20 robots in this lair. And some of the robots are hitmen. Some of the robots are scientists. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess there's ranks of robots. You're either like a, a heavy or, a, you know, a smart scientific robot. No, there's definitely a couple secretarial robots. <laughs> he didn't want to pay the labor costs. Oh, in the middle of that, he calls his he calls his wife again. And she's like, where the fuck are you? You know, you're supposed to take care of the kids. He's like, look, don't let them put those masks on. They're... <laughs> They're fucking, they're evil magic masks. And she's like, God, you're drunk. And he's like, no, I'm not drinking. <laughs> like, oh. he has to make a special point to say, I haven't been drinking today. <laughs> it's totally like Boy Who Cried Wolf oh, thing. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, here again, another excuse why you're not going to take the kids trick-or-treating, you fucking booze hound. Shut up. Linda, shut up. Listen, listen. I have to get rid of the mask, the silver shamrock. No, in Santa Mira, when they killed Buddy Cuffer and his whole family, they killed him. No, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm listen. You have to get rid of the mask. Just. Linda, Linda, listen. Babe, it's just there's an alien attack. I swear to God. <laughs> I this, got caught cornered and Muldoon. She's in the bathroom. I got to stay here to watch him. This is just like that Christmas. You gave me a box of chicken wings for my fucking Christmas. <laughs> so, you know, uh, he gets, I mean, it's pretty awesome how he fucking defeats the bad guy here. Yeah, it's a good in. He takes a box full of these magic chips, you know? <laughs> yeah, the old magic microchip. And... Throws it in the air while the commercial is playing, and like all these lasers are just lasering all these scientists. <laughs> By the way, I love that lasering the verve. That's oh. a nice touch. Oh, yeah, you get lasered by these little things. And, you know, Cochrane is just like, oh shit. And basically, there's this weird, like, magic ring that forms with all the lasers together. The lasers are, like, going through this, like, circle of television monitors that are all playing the commercial. It's a genuine laser halo. (laughs) No, it absolutely is. is. Like, it's kind of like when you look at uh, a... uh, It's kind of like when you look at a a light too close and for too fast and then rub your eye. That's what you see. Yeah. (laughs) So it's that thing going on. And... I never get this in movies because it never makes any fucking sense. Cochran knows he's cooked. 
So he just looks up at Atkins and gives him a little golf clap. It's a total golf clap. But I'll tell you what that is and why I appreciate it. It is because Connell Cochran, the man, is a class act. <laughs> yeah, all the way. All the way, man. And he knows that this schlub-ass doctor cop, this drunk, has bested him at his own game. Yeah. And he says, you know, there's no point in running around making this movie into some sort of redonkulous cat and mouse scenario. <laughs> I'm finished. Here's my golf clap. Good night. And he gets he gets lasered <laughs> really bad. I mean, it's one hell of a way to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, like, not only is he getting lasered from... The circle of televisions, <laughs> but also like there's just some lasering going on from the Stonehenge rock, and he's just caught betwixt the two. Yeah, oh, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> that is from from fucking that television to God's ear. Like that's what's going on there, and he just <laughs> is gone. But that is where you'd think the story should oh, end. God, and then he gets he gets in his car. And it turns out that the girl is now a robot, which doesn't make any sense. And it's kind of like uh, I had this beef with that shitty Stepford Wives remake <laughs> where some of the Stepford Wives are like uh, actual darn tootin' robots. And then others are like people who have just been kind of turned. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but this is kind of worse. I mean, the whole thing is, and we should mention, like... He is working against the clock. The commercial keeps saying, like, okay, boys and girls, make sure you tune in at 9 p.m. for our special giveaway and have your mask on. So, like, that's when the final broadcast is going to air, all that shit. No, absolutely. The panic button has been pressed. Yeah, it's <laughs> happening. Everybody just has to go. Atkins is, like, he should be double-timing it. And then, like, they're driving down the road and whatever. He's like, holy shit, this teenager that I've been having sexual intercourse <laughs> with is a robot. That's unfortunate. They crash into a tree, and then, yeah, he he rips her arm off. And then the, it's just, uh, the business with the arm just goes on forever. It's like, I killed the arm. No, I didn't kill the arm. Now it's choking me again. Now it's not choking me again. Yeah, it's totally like Bruce Campbell with the fucking hand in yeah. Evil Dead. And so they're going on and on and on. And this whole time, like, you're fucking working against the clock, Atkins. Just get back in the car. And this is why I brought up the car. And, like, whatever. Okay, if he does run into a tree, that's fine. But they totally show a shot of this car. And it's fine. (laughs) It's perfectly fine. And he just starts running his fat ass down the road. Get in the car. (laughs) You don't even know where you're going. The As far as we know, the entire population of children in the United States lives hanging the balance here yeah it's all riding on this booze hound shoulders <laughs> which also we can get into this is a little weird because this movie takes place in california and at nine o'clock this commercial is gonna air which if you know anything about anything means at midnight in on the east coast is when they're gonna air that commercial what latchkey kids are up watching this commercial at midnight? Yeah, the, honestly, if you're looking to kill little kids, the farthest east you're going is fucking mountain time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You're not getting the New York kids. Yeah, I mean, you, the east coast is safe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to leave them be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, there's so many. I mean, some poorly managed kids are probably up. But, you yeah, know. the kids with yeah. shitty parents who, like, they wanted to go to a Halloween party themselves and just left the kids to their own devices. Like, there's some shitty older brother who's supposed to be home looking after him kind of but a thing. But also, now you got all the, even on the, uh, even on the West Coast, all the toddlers are asleep at 9 o'clock by this point. Yeah, he's just, 
a stupid businessman as far as that time frame can. You got to do it seven o'clock right before dinner if you want to be killing kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and just to go back to just to get back on track with the the robot thing, do you think he was just still kind of like? Do you think I could uh, maybe use her head or something? <laughs> I have a feeling somewhere in the back of his mind he was like, that hand can't be all evil. <laughs> So he makes his way to this gas station, and it's the gas station that we, you know, saw at the beginning with that poor old gas station attendant out in the lonely dark road. And he's like, you, you got to you have a phone, you have a phone, oh my god, everyone's going to die, I swear to god, I swear. And he's like, all right, pal, call your girlfriend or whatever, and use my phone. And so he like somehow just knows the number to a television station, <laughs> yeah. and he's like doing the like he's all out of breath because again he didn't drive his probably functioning car down the road. He ran on foot in the dark, and he's just sweating and huffing and puffing. He's like, "You gotta stop the broadcast." No, I don't have any proof, but all the kids are gonna die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that scene in uh, that Simpsons episode where Homer is obese and he's like, there's going to be poison gas, man. There's going to be real poison gas. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, they believe him. So, like, and also at this point, uh, a bunch of kids just come into this gas station wearing the masks as well. Yeah. Again, with latchkey kids, what parents are letting their kids (laughs) trick or treat on some dark ass road at a gas station? This is some shitty Halloween candy, too. It's those, like, Dr. Lollipops. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah, well, you know what? That's what you get for trick-or-treating at a gas station. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, you know, the first channel, it's like, we're experiencing technical technical difficulties. And he's like, oh, thank God, it worked. And the kids, like, really want to see this commercial. They switch again. Technical difficulties. And he's like, whew. And then the last channel, it's still going on. And he's like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it! And yeah. that's the end of the movie, and it's awesome. It's it's awesome because the plan works. The plan totally works. Cochran covered his bases. He's not, you know, you can't just do NBC and ABC. You got to get everybody. You got to get, you got to get the, the the Wii network or whatever. You know, if you really yeah. want to get them. Well, it, it's kind of horseshit though because he keeps on saying it into the phone. Yeah, and he's looking at this kid who is, I'm sorry. Four feet from him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the television's going, take the television and throw it on the ground. You're a drunk. People will understand. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes again, breaking TVs. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have the microchip in his head. It's not like he's mesmerized by this thing at all. Either break the TV or rip the masks off the kids' heads or get them out of the store or something. Like, do something. Yeah. You might not be able to save the whole country, but there's three children whose heads are about to turn into grasshoppers <laughs> and water snakes and rattlers, and you're just yelling into a phone. Do you think the message of this movie was to call your local congressman? <laughs> and say what? Just turn it off! Turn, turn it, it off! off! Turn it off! Uh, by the way, I'd like to imagine that the one station still broadcasting this commercial was Fox. Oh, like, yeah, Fox oh, yeah, would oh, keep absolutely. that shit on. Rupert Murdoch would, oh, wait, he's telling me what? Keep it on. <laughs> Keep, it's going to kill kids. Keep it on. <laughs> well, I think it's more of a we don't negotiate with terrorists kind of a scenario. <laughs> totally. Uh, all right. Um, $10,000 question here. Would anyone recommend this movie? 100%. I think this movie, it, it goes by really fast. Yeah. There's great deaths peppered throughout. Watching Tom Atkins try and keep the DTs at bay is really a fun, <laughs> it's a fun ride. 
aside from the horrifically gross sex scene, it's kind of a it's a great shitty movie. Yeah, it's very serviceable. It does exactly. I mean, this is. <laughs> I mean. That's on the box for the Blu-ray re-release. It's very serviceable, says Chris Cabin. <laughs> Chris Cabin, we hate movies. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there are a couple things I'm, you know, I, 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 I don't like. I don't like the fact that he's not. He's not. There's no pit stains <laughs> at any point in this movie. Yeah, on, that's on Tom true. There's, there's really not enough sweating in this movie. No, and he would have them. But I mean, yeah, exactly what Steve said. There's, there's good deaths. Um, it's shot. Pretty admirably, actually. It's a good-looking movie. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and the plot is just batshit enough to kind of be like, you know what? Let it go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, there's plot holes every which way, yeah. but it's sure. just, it's so big and so crazy that you gotta love it. No, yeah. I mean, I wholeheartedly recommend this movie. And, like, when I took the call, you know, I was like, oh, man. Well, we have always kind of been wanting to do this movie I do legitimately like this movie as like a fun <laughs> shitty sequel or whatever. Uh, produ- production note: the movie we watched was Andrew's DVD copy. By the way, <laughs> cash transaction. <laughs> I actually got it off of SwapADVD.com. By the way, I take that back. <laughs> the third commercial. It's still on. Please, Watch take off the third channel. The third channel. It's still running. Stop it, please. For God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to. S- please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Oh, yeah, that Tom Adkins, he's just an alcoholic, isn't he? He's fantastic. I will cry oh. when whenever God seem, f- deems fit to take Tom Atkins from us. Oh, All it's right. going to be a fucking yeah. tragedy. About a week from now. <laughs> the way the 2016's going, man. I know. You know, Lord God, I know you're listening. It's like instead of rolling blackouts, we got like rolling. Oh, well, I guess they are blackouts. They are people blackouts. dying. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just turning the lights off left and right. Please do not take Tom Atkins from us yet. <laughs> I'm just imagining for no reason whatsoever. Alan Rickman pleading for Tom Atkins' life. <laughs> No, Lord, don't take him. He's not done yet. He's got a direct-to-GVD movie coming out next month. He's got to do press for it. No, he doesn't. (laughs) Alan Rickman wasn't done yet. No, No, not at all, man. That that was a legend and a genius. So fuck you, 2016. (laughs) But the summer reruns keep rolling. I'm going to eat 2016's heart out with a spoon. Yeah, totally. Uh, So the the summer reruns keep going on here. We're still just sweating ass on vacation. Mm -hmm. Quotations, Mm -hmm. vacation. What do we got coming up yet, uh, Mr. Mr. uh, Eric Siska? uh, uh, The Haunting. Oh, now we're going really old school. Starring Bruce Dern and Liam Neeson. There you go. So next week... We're chatting about a big-budget haunted house movie. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Zeta. Eric Siska. Take it easy.